The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Partnerships, Changing the Game for Digital Transformation, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to transform industries. And importantly, they will discuss how these technologies and strategies can shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. I always say it, I always mean it, and we believe it is true. So what are we talking about today? I have an opening quote from a gentleman named Barry Ross. He's the CEO and co-founder of Ross & Ross International, a consultancy that helps small and mid-sized businesses digitally transform their organizations for the future. Very interesting. Here's the quote. You can't delegate digital transformation for your company. You and your executives have to own it, exclamation point. I think that's a mandate. That's a mantra. That's words to the wise. So what are we talking about here? Companies and their business partners around the world, and that means you, our listeners, we know you're listening because this is on the business channel. You are racing to stay competitive, and you want to keep your customers buying. But how? Well, Big word is going to emerge here, digital, by creating a digital strategy and adopting innovative technology to transform your business models. You want to be first across the finish line, don't you? Of course you do. So we have some words to the wise here. Look in places you haven't looked before and work with a broader ecosystem in the cloud. So we've got a couple of buzzes here. We've got innovation. We've got technologies. We have ecosystem. And we have cloud. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. We have a panel of experts. Let me tell you who they are, and then we'll hear about the opening quotes they've sent us to start us off. First up, I will welcome in just a moment. Sana Salam. She's the founder and president of Sodala Solutions. You want to look up her company. It's S-O-D-A-L-E-S. I had the sheer delight to meet Sana at Sapphire and spoke with her at Sapphire Now, where we were broadcasting Game Changers Radio Live from just off the show floor. So we'll be chatting with her in a moment. Joining Sana on today's panel, Jim Newman. He's the founder, president, and CEO of a company called Horizons, but let me spell it for you. H-R-I-Z-O-N-S. Skip the first O, and he will tell us a little bit about what he does. Sana will tell us about Sodalis as well. Rounding out the panel, well, all three are newcomers except uh, Sana. I'm sorry, Sana's been on before. Yes, Scott Harrison, Senior Director of the America's Platform Partner Ecosystem at SAP, and there's that word, ecosystem again. So let's circle around the table to Sana, and uh, Sana was on the show, one of our series, I think, last year, so I was just delighted when she 
she walked into my studio at Sapphire. And Sana has a, a word that she keeps repeating. It's simplicity. She talks about simple innovation. But for today's show, she has selected a quote from Confucius. Come on, everybody. You must remember Confucius. He lived from 551 B.C. to 479. They did their numbers backwards in those days. He was a Chinese teacher, editor, politician, and philosopher of the spring and autumn period of Chinese history. He emphasized personal and government morality, correctness of social relationships. Oh, if only we had that today. Justice and sincerity. Here's the quote Sana has selected from Confucius. Life is really simple, but we insist on making it complicated. Sana Salam, welcome back to Game Changers. How have you been since I saw you two weeks ago at Sapphire? Thank you, Bonnie. Thank you for having me. Good morning. Uh, yes, yeah, been a pleasure. And um, we had a great turnout at Sapphire and uh, glad to be back at the show and sharing more insights into the innovation area. Thank you very much. So talk to me. You, you typically pick a quote that has the word simple or simplicity in it, and I love this quote from Confucius. Do you follow the sayings of Confucius, Sana? And tell me how this relates to our topic as well. We're talking today about reinventing your company partnerships and the cloud. Talk to me. Absolutely. Yes, yeah, so um, I think it's all about making life simple by creating more value for yourself and for the other people in your network. And life becomes more complicated when we hold on to information, we hold on to things and contain things within. But now that the boundaries of information are way beyond our organizations, life can be made much more simpler just by reinventing ourselves through partnerships and through cloud because it makes us fluid. It makes us, uh, it allows us to take advantage of our strengths. Um, and it also creates um, business value for all of the participants in the network. So it makes our life simple as opposed to making it complicated. And that's um, a key element for innovating in the world today. Very interesting, Sana. And, and uh, tell me something. Um, we talked very extensively. I talked with you and, and many of my other guest panelists at Sapphire about partnerships. How do you know when you have the right one? What makes a great partnership? Can you just share with us a couple of words of wisdom from you on not, not just the value of partnerships, but how do you know when you've chosen the right partner? Anything you want to share with us? Yes, absolutely. I think um, I think we talked about that a little bit there is partnerships are mm-hmm. like marriages where you have open communication, you know each other's um, strengths, and you um, capitalize on your strengths, you fulfill, um, they comp- you complement each other, and you fulfill each other's weaknesses. And I think that creates a great partnership. It allows you to run really, really fast because if you start focusing on your weaknesses and fulfill them, you will slow down. So partnerships together create a network where you can run really fast and really compete with a market that is heating up outside. Um, And I think it'll give you speed. So I think um, good partnership is all about having a great complement with each other and having an open communication and creating value for each other. Thank you very much. Very optimistic. I know, Sana, with many of my interviews where we were talking about partnerships, I I ended up with the conclusion that business partnerships that are really, really good, where you care about, you invest in each other, you share, you're not afraid to be open about what's in your mind and to say to someone, we need to explore, collaborate, compromise. It doesn't have to be, yay, that's great. It can be, let's work on this, that that can be a model for 
partnerships, as you said, in real-life marriage and perhaps Absolutely. a good business. Re- yeah, we, we did come up with a new model. So uh, thank you very much for joining me today. Delighted to have you on the show. And now let's welcome our second panelist, Jim Newman, founder, president, and CEO of Horizons. And Jim has selected a quote from another Jim, Jim Collins, who is an American business consultant, author, and lecturer on the subject of Company Sustainability and Growth, Jim Collins, has authored or co-authored six books based on his research, and his classic book is Built to Last, Successful Habits of Visionary Companies, a fixture on the Business Week bestseller list for more than six years, translated into 25 languages, and his other books have been equally successful. Here is the quote Jim Newman has picked from Jim Collins. Mediocrity results first and foremost from management failure, not technological failure. Jim Newman, welcome to Game Changers, and how are you today? I'm doing great, Bonnie. Thank you for having me on the show. Great to be here. We are delighted to have you. So talk to me from Jim to Jim. Talk to me about, do you agree with Jim Collins about mediocrity, where it comes from? No, absolutely. And that's why I selected the quote um, time and time again. We've seen where customers really struggle not with the uh, the technology itself, but deploying it and getting their employees and end users to adopt it and, and ultimately take advantage to get their return on investment. And, and that's management's responsibility. The, the technology is usually far outpacing what the customers are ready to adopt. There's a lot of learning that goes on um, at the management level. And, and, and oftentimes it's, it's, it's their uh, challenges with change management and helping, helping their organization through that change that is the biggest barrier to getting that, that, uh, that return on that investment. Jim, do you think this is a shock when, when somebody is told to hold up the mirror? Because that's what this is, saying it's management failure, not tech failure. Oh, we bought this. Oh, we installed this. Oh, we didn't implement this. Oh, look at the IT people. Somebody didn't set up this dashboard right, blah, blah, blah. Uh, do, do you think it's hard to hold up that mirror and say, wait a minute, management failure? It's our fault? Do you think that's something that they're reluctant to admit or at least allow anybody to tell them? What's your observation? I think it's always easier for human beings to point the finger at someone else than, than see themselves in the mirror and, and, and take responsibility and be accountable. I mean, that, that's just human nature. Um, but, but for organizations, I think it's important to um, be prepared to do that look in the mirror. I mean, we're always coaching our, our customers to, you know, to be ready for the paradigm shift of cloud technology and, and uh, you know, how quickly it evolves and, and how, how much they have to be ready for that. Um, and not only just the deployment, but just staying current. Um, it's not set it and forget it anymore. It, it takes time and energy and investment um, to, to truly be agile. And the technology is there to support that level of agility and, and be able to support them in, in executing their business strategies. So you've got to look internally and look at, at oneself and say, are we as an organization doing everything we truly can uh, to execute, or, or are we just going to point fingers at software vendors and 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 uh, services partners and others, and and say it's them? I mean, at the end of the day, it's their business outcome that's critical, right? Not not the technology and whether or not it's implemented. So, are they achieving the outcomes or not? They have to take responsibility for that. That's their job as management. 
Thank you very much. Nice to meet you, Jim Newman. We'll learn more about you and your company in a few minutes. And now let's welcome our third panelist, a newcomer, Scott Harrison, who is the Senior Director of the America's Platform Partner Ecosystem at SAP. And Scott has also found a quote from a Jim, Jim Rowan this time. Uh, Emmanuel James Jim Rowan, 1932-2009, was an American entrepreneur, author, and motivational speaker. Interestingly enough, he started at work as a stock clerk for Sears way back in the day, and a friend invited him to a lecture by entrepreneur John Earl Schoaf, and in 1955, Jim Rohn joined Schoaf's direct selling business, Abunda Vita, as a distributor, and then he joined Nutribio, and eventually somebody said to him, would you like to talk to your Rotary Club? We'd like to know what your thoughts are on career and all that good stuff, and uh, ended up Jim Rohn conducted seminars for Standard Oil on personal development called Adventures in Achievement. He presented worldwide for 40 years, so humble beginnings and certainly a very successful outcome. So here is the quote. I don't know if Scott knew all that. Here's the quote Scott has selected from Jim Rohn. Quote, success is neither magical nor mysterious. Success is the natural consequence of consistently applying the basic fundamentals. Scott Harrison, welcome to Game Changers. How are you? I'm doing well, Bonnie. Thank you for having me on the show today. We're delighted. Did you know all that about Jim Rohn? Do you follow his background? I did not know the depth that you went into that. That's really interesting to learn that much and how it actually transpired to him coming up with some of what he did. Yeah, very, very. As a matter of fact, his first public seminar was in 1963 at the Beverly Hills Hotel because after he spoke for the Rotary Club, other people started saying, you were really good. We want you to talk to our group. And bingo, a whole lecture consultancy was born. Uh, just amazing how life's path sometimes takes us. So speaking of success, it seems to me, Scott, that Jim Rohn's success was a little bit magical and mysterious, but he says success is the natural consequence of consistently applying the basic fundamentals. Talk to me about how this quote relates to our topic about partnerships, digital transformation, and the cloud. Yeah, I, I mean, I think today that everything, you know, even to tie to what Sana said is you need to keep things simple today and not get wrapped up in the complexity of things. And so when you talk about applying consistent, you know, applying consistent fundamentals day in and day out, you need to not lose track of that. You need to think about, you know, are you reaching out to your customers on a consistent basis? Are you reaching out to partners, getting their feedback in terms of what's working and, you know, the areas of improvement as, as Sana talked about? And sometimes we come up with these elaborate, complicated models. We put beautiful stuff out there in shareware and PowerPoint, but then we begin to lose sight of what is it that makes you successful day in and day out. I remember going back early in my career when, you know, I was um, selling on the streets, if you will, and the successful people were ones who made the calls to the customers. They consistently um, visited partners. They did the work day in and day out. That didn't always result in immediate success, but it paid off over time. And by doing that work consistently, they created their own luck, which was the ultimate success they were looking for. Very well put. I like that. The consistency, re repetition, and probably, I'm guessing, revisiting and tweaking or fine-tuning as they went along based on what worked and what didn't work, uh, holding up that mirror again. What do you think, Scott? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, when you think about partner ecosystems and, you know, as an example, and you build them from the ground up, 
you know, they should always be continuous. I, I've read various articles about building a partnership and then what are the three stages or four stages, and I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't think that there are stages that have an end. It's a continuous cycle. So it's working with the partners, continuing to treat, tweak it along the way, building it and flexing what that ecosystem and partnership looks like so that you can continuously use that buzzword you talked about, innovate, but innovate not from a technology perspective, but from a partnership and ecosystem perspective. Sana talked a little bit about how, you know, in a marriage, you look at minimizing weaknesses and capitalizing on strengths. When you think about that and building an ecosystem and, and to the quote, doing it day in and day out, you continually need to think about what are my goals and what do I need to do day in and day out to reach those goals without getting so far off track in other items that you forget what the core you know, value is or the core objective is that you're looking to achieve? Thank you very much, Scott. Very, very interesting and insightful. Well, while we were speaking, while the three of you were speaking, I was looking up the word ecosystem. We're using it very broadly today in a business context, but the original meaning of an ecosystem was a community of living organisms in conjunction with the non-living components of the environment, like air, water, and mineral soil interacting as a system. I thought that was rather interesting. And then we have here a digital ecosystem, which we're talking about today, a distributive, adaptive, open, socio-technical system with properties of self-organization, scalability, and sustainability inspired from natural ecosystems. I'm just going to go around the panel and see if that's a, a surprise definition. By the way, it's uh, used at the World Economic Forum in the computer industry and also in the entertainment industry. Sana, does that definition surprise you? Anything you want to change or add? Yes, yeah, so I see ecosystem as a pie, you know, just like an apple pie or strawberry pie. And what I what I have read in a book is that um, an ecosystem is all about value creation, value claiming. So the bigger the size of the pie is, the higher the value each of the participant can claim. And the smaller the size of the pie is, is you know, even if you divide the pie, everybody will get a small share. So the key here to create an ecosystem is to make sure that the size of the pie gets bigger and bigger, and that's exactly what partnerships allow you to do, um, you know, using the use of technology and using relationships. And that's how I define an ecosystem, really a pie. Thank, very interesting. I like that. We've gone from organisms to something we could eat and all take a part of. I like that. <laughs> Jim Newman, you, <laughs> delicious. I'm hungry. Jim Newman, any thoughts on, on my definition that I read from Wikipedia or, or the one that Sana shared? I'm just curious. Let's go around the table for a minute. What do you think, Jim? Well, I, I think, you know, an ecosystem is such a critical ingredient for technology in this day and age. I mean, you can, you can define it where you want, quite honestly, but at the end of the day, I, I don't disagree with Sana. Um, it's about value creation, and, and there's a tremendous opportunity to bring um, unique perspectives and, and different values uh, or value to, uh, to business um, when, you're, when you're part of an ecosystem because you're, you're learning all the time. You're, you're, you're spotting opportunities in the marketplace that uh, no one um, uh, technology vendor or ecosystem partner can deliver on its own. And that's what gets so interesting about it. It becomes its only its little organic ecosystem that allows you to grow and develop. But the key is, is that you have to be part of it. You, you can't just watch it happen. You have to get actively involved and immerse yourself in it. And when you do that as a company, 
then you can bring that additional value to market. And that, that's what's so intriguing. And at the same time, it can create a lot of competition. And that's good for customers because with competition, um, you're going to yield better better solutions to bring to market. And, and I think that's what everyone wants at the end of the day, the right solution for the customer. Absolutely is. Thank you, Scott Harrison. We'd love to get your POV on this. Ecosystem, what do you think? What's your, you like the pie? Yeah, I, I, I like the pie. My preference is blueberry, but we can talk about that later. <laughs> something you said about the something you said about the definition though is scalable, right? And it definitely has to be scalable. And it has to be scalable to a point in which it doesn't get too big where you lose the focus of what the ecosystem is about. So to complement what uh, Sana said is that, you know, you need to grow and grow the ecosystem and get larger and larger. However, there is a falling point. There's a point at which you get bigger for the sake of getting bigger, and perhaps you lose the value of what it is you're looking to achieve. And Jim said a very interesting point about you have to be part of it. That is so true. When you create an ecosystem and you have partners or customers, and all three really, everybody needs to participate and contribute feedback, you know, work, items. It is not a linear or single highway ecosystem. It needs to be collaborative in nature. Thank you very much. And we'll go with Blueberry. I think that would be a good choice. Thank you very much. And that's such a perfect segue. Scott, you don't even know the gift you just gave me. And Sana knows why I'm saying this, because I'm circling around the table back to Sana Salam at Sadala Solutions, and I have three questions for her. Number one is, what's in your cup today? Because this is the part of the show where we want to know a little bit about each of you personally. What do you like to drink? If it's not in front of you right now, what do you want to drink? Number two, where are you calling from? And number three, for Sana and and then for Jim, I want to know, what does your company do? So, Sana, let's start out with the drink. That's why pie, coffee, whatever, you, you get it. Okay, I'm done. Sana, talk to me. <laughs> what are you drinking? Absolutely. Yes, I'm having an apple cider vinegar um, drink with um, strawberry uh, milkshake. And it actually tastes really, really good. And it's really good for your health and your uh, metabolism. And uh, that's, that's about my drink. <laughs> and okay. uh, just to give you a little bit about our company, so we focus on really regulated industries and creating cloud solutions for regulated industries because I think it's about time that they reinvent themselves, especially because um, um, they usually are considered to be really slow-moving. And it, with cloud, they have the opportunity to reinvent all of their processes and uh, ways of doing things in new ways and grow. Thank you very much. And where are you calling from today, Sana? I am in Houston, Texas, uh, in my hotel room. <laughs> and what are you doing there? Are you on business? Absolutely. I actually have a meeting in just about two hours, so after the show I'll be for, uh, out for my meeting. Thank you very much, and so pleased that you took the time out of your always very busy schedule to join us. And now let's look to Jim Newman. Jim, same three questions. What are you drinking? Where are you calling from? And what does Horizons do? And why do you spell your company name the way you do? Let's add a fourth question for you. <laughs> Sounds great. Happy, happy to do so. It's actually a, a very common question, so um, one of the reasons we designed it that way. Well, what's in my cup today? I mean, it's, it is a Tuesday morning, um, so I am drinking some coffee right now, and, I, and it's kind of plain and simple with a dark rose black. But, but my preferred cup, when I have a chance to actually sit back and relax and reflect, 
would be to have an old-fashioned in my hand with a little bit of sugar and bitters, maybe a couple of bing cherries and, and some bullet rye. But uh, that, that's just if I'm sitting maybe a, after a day of skiing uh, on the mountain or maybe on a, on a weekend, like a long weekend we just had, and enjoying that. So that would be my preferred cup um, to have over this coffee. But uh, for during the day, this, this works fine. Um, I'm actually calling from Minneapolis, Minnesota. It's actually relatively uh, nice right now, time of year. It's starting to warm up as summer's coming, and uh, I'm not traveling this week. Uh, I've been on the road for the last couple of weeks and actually enjoying being home for a little bit. Uh, but let me tell you about Horizons. First of all, we spelled mm-hmm. it Horizons with HR because uh, our focus is 100% on human resources. Ah, uh, got it. So that's the HR play on words, and uh, worked out quite nicely for us when, uh, when we founded the company back in 2006. Um, Horizons is, is an HR cloud technology company, and uh, we have a very strong partnership with SAP with both their SuccessFactors platform, and we also develop products on the SAP cloud platform. So our, our whole go-to-market is to help companies make the digital transformation using cloud technologies, and, and what Horizons brings to the table is all of the value adds, the services, uh, the innovative um, solutions that we that complement the product and extend the product. And we really help consult and execute projects with customers, but we also develop long-term relationships with them as they pursue the digital transformation. Um, so we've been uh, really, really pleased with the, the partnership we have uh, and certainly um, all the value that we're able to create um, with this technology. Thank you very much. I like the idea of that. Now, Bullet is a, a brand of bourbon. Is it correct? Am I correct? Yeah, there's a particular, they have different varieties, but it's a... Uh, it's a it's a whiskey that uh, that it was really well in in an old fashioned among a few other drinks. <laughs> yeah, I'm I looked it up and I'm getting a, you can actually find a way to make it on on YouTube. There's a old fashioned cocktail made with bullet rye, uh, five tantalizing rye whiskey cocktails, old fashioned recipe classy whiskey cock classic and classy whiskey cocktails classy like you with bullet b u l l e i t. Very interesting. Thank you very much, Scott Harrison. It's time for you. Where are you? We know what SAP does. I'll just ask you for your definition of of a successful partnership. But where are you calling? from and what are you drinking right now or what would you rather be drinking so i am calling out of granite bay california beautiful place to live just outside of sacramento and yes right now i have coffee in my cup as we're coming off of memorial day weekend i would say as the week progresses and we look into next weekend it would be a chopin martini up with a twist chopin is a uh pole Vodka from Poland, triple distilled and fantastically smooth. Wow, I got to look that one up. Chopin vodka is that our Chopin Harvest Martini cocktail recipe? Is it which one am I looking for? Well, you're looking for Chopin vodka. And Chopin vodka, I found it. A I found it. Potato vodka, yeah. Yes, it's fantastic. Yes. Okay, here here's the review. May I read the review from Drink Hacker for a second? Will you indulge me sure. for a second here, Scott? You're a famous 19th century composer. What are the odds that someone is going to take your good name and turn it into a vodka 150 years later? Well, someone did. Pomo Seidels and Millennium Import in Minneapolis, Minnesota. The connection is Poland, where Chopin lived, and vodka was allegedly born. Chopin is a traditional potato vodka from Polish potatoes, despite Despite the fancy frosted glass bottle, it has a traditional flavor for potato vodkas, too. Light up front, tiny bit sweet, then medicinal on the finish. Not a lot of nuance. What do you think? Is that a good description? 
Yeah, I think that's a great description. It all comes down to how the person shakes the martini. And if they get it cold and frothy enough, then it becomes outstanding. I think that's well, right. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I was just saying, this is just another tie-in to Minneapolis for me with Scott. I mean, last year he was here at the Ryder Cup, and now he's uh, finding vodka that's uh, tied up to Minneapolis. It's great. There you go. You meet the nicest, most interesting people here on Game Changers Radio. I always say that. So I'll tell you what. Sana may remember this. Uh, Jim and Scott, you don't know me, so I'll shock you. They don't let me anywhere near caffeine on radio show days. And Tuesday is a doubleheader day. I just did a show at 10 a.m. Eastern, and here we are on the second show at 12 noon. It's almost 1230 right now. So all I'm allowed to have is water. So I have a very pretty clear glass mug with cool, clear Brita filtered water and a pink straw. I get to pick the color of the straw. You know, they give me that bandwidth. I'm only teasing. But I picked a pink straw today because where is the sunshine here in New York? It rained off and on. We had one hour of grace without rain yesterday, and that was enough for our local Memorial Day parade to proceed down the main street in the town where I live. And they didn't even have to have umbrellas during the whole, almost the whole parade, so it was a blessing. Uh, but it's kind of gray and cloudy today and very chilly. We just got the air conditioner turned on in my building, and it's cold. So we complained we didn't have the air conditioning last week. Now we wish we had the heat. What can I say? I just want to thank Sonis Alam. Jim Newman and Scott Harrison for so such candor on what you're drinking and glad to have the three of you. We are talking right now about, well, our series is Partnerships Changing the Game for Digital Transformation. Our topic, Reinventing Your Company, Partnerships in the Cloud. We're talking about what makes a good partnership. We're talking about the digital ecosystem. We're talking about the keys for success. I want to do a quick shout out to four ladies who were involved with this series, getting it on, getting it started and sponsoring it, Pamela Dunn. Alicia Rudolph, Cindy Morell, and Marcia Ciccone at SAP. So thank you, ladies. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we will do a deeper dive into our topic, starting off with some notes from Sana Salam at Sodala Solutions. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. You know the drill. Kevin out. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The digital world is moving faster than ever, and the future will be defined by how quickly business leaders adapt to accelerated ongoing change. The definition of future success is being shaped by many factors, such as more digitally demanding employees, customers, and partners, an increasing variety of digital devices, resource scarcity coupled with data abundance, and demand for innovation to help the world run better and improve people's lives. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how moving to the digital world can lead to a better future for everyone. Partnerships, changing the game for digital transformation is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to Partnerships, Changing the Game for Digital Transformation, presented by SAP. 
Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to partnerships, changing the game for digital transformation. And we're back. Our topic today, Reinventing Your Company, Partnerships and the Cloud. Speaking with Sana Salam at Sodalis Solutions, S-O-D-A-L-E-S. Jim Newman at Horizons. And we discovered why his company is spelled H-R-I-Z-O-N-S because he focuses on HR. Great picture, by the way, Jim. And Scott Harrison at SAP. So we're going to kick off the roundtable in earnest with some notes here from Sana Salam. And she has uh, something interesting to say. She told me that, first of all, she says corporations are like people. They're born, they grow, and if they don't stay relevant, they die. There you have it. But she wants to talk about how corporations need to reinvent themselves. And Sana has sent us another quote from Robin Sharma, the Canadian writer and leadership speaker, best known for his series, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. That's a great title. Here's the quote, and I will let uh, Sana explain it. She says, from Robin Sharma, Greatness begins beyond your comfort zone. Greatness begins beyond your comfort zone. I, I copied it twice, Sana, so I'm going to let you explain it. Sana Salam, talk to me. Absolutely. Yes, so, um, you know, if you just look at companies, um, there's a there's an analogy that companies are like people. They're born, they grow, and if they don't stay relevant, they die. What it means is that you need to keep nurturing the company or the person and the way to do that is really to go beyond your comfort zone, look at things in a new way, and reinventing them. Um, it's not like just a basic improvement or just making a slight improvement. It's really looking at things in a new way. And if you look at all the great achievers in life, such as you know one of my favorite achievers is Roger Frederer, who is known as the greatest tennis player of all times. He was the number one tennis player for 300 weeks consecutively. And he used to, after winning every game, he would go and ask himself, what can I do better? How can I reinvent myself? And the, the one thing that he did to keep winning the game every single time is that the, he would ask this question to himself in the best of times, not when he was losing, especially when he was winning the game, he would go back and say, what can I do better? How can I do things differently? How can I improve? And that's what led to his continuous win. And I think if we apply that analogy to corporations, we can just say that if corporations keep uh, keep reinventing themselves when they are growing, not when they are falling apart, that's when they can uh, really, um, you know, grow their business and change the game and have a very different um, uh, place in the world and and achieve greatness. And, and I think that's, that's what uh, my code is also describing, that they have to go outside of their comfort zone to achieve that. Very interesting perspective. Love to find out what Jim Newman at HR Horizon says. Jim, what do you think about that Robin Sharma quote and the idea that you should check in with yourself on what you could do better when you are doing well, when you're on top? Thoughts? One word ties on. I mean, uh, if you're not continuously improving and listening and learning, um, you know, you're, you're a dinosaur. And in today's day and age, things move so quickly. So I couldn't agree more with it. I think uh, you know, most companies will preach it. The question is, can you execute it? And, and that's really the key is, can you innovate and, and make those in, the, the right investments and, and bring it to market quickly enough? And, you know, often I think that's where, where companies are challenged. And, you know, I'll go back to my, my original quote. 
management has to take accountability. They have to be ready to to tackle these initiatives and innovate, or they won't be around uh, long enough to to see the uh, see it come to fruition. Um, you know, continuous innovation in today's marketplace with the speed of technology and, and the, you know, the globalization of the market, uh, all of the demographic changes we're seeing in the workforce. I mean, there's so many variables now that you have to take into account. Um, you have to innovate, you have to listen, you have to evolve. And if you're not, um, you're, you're on the path to extinction. Very interesting. Thank you. And Scott Harrison, love to get your thoughts as well, please. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's spot on that you need to continually make yourself better and as an ecosystem when it's going well, not wait till something's broken. You know, if you think about that in terms of some of the best athletes in the world, even a golfer, for example, they're not satisfied with what they do when they're number one. They continually work on improving day in and day out to get better, looking to try new things, looking to get feedback from coaches and other people. Same thing in business. When it's going well, you need to continually innovate. You need to look to how do I do this better, differently, and how do I look at, you know, the people I'm serving? An ecosystem is an example. It's not just a partner and that, let's say, software um, provider's ecosystem. At the end of the day, the customer is part of the ecosystem as well, too, because they're the ones who are ultimately consuming goods and services. So when things are going well, you need to continually make yourself better, look for new ways to do things even better, and you need to look at, you know, who is in your ecosystem really and who is taking those products and services that you're buying. can't just be a two-way relationship between, you know, software provider as an example and that partner ecosystem. You need to branch out and look who are the people that you're serving. Thank you very much, Scott. Sana, I'll just give you a couple seconds to comment because I want to move on to a topic in Jim Newman's list. So, Sana, anything you want to share about what your co-panelists just added? Yes, I just want to add one more point to what Scott and Jim said. Is um, Fluidity is very, very important in, uh, in the game of reinventing yourself. And you want to reinvent yourself, you need to be very fluid and very fast and very quick. And I think that is what an ecosystem brings. That's what partnerships bring, and that's what cloud brings. So fluidity gives you speed, and reinventing yourself means you have to do it really fast before, you know, your reinvention becomes irrelevant. It has to be so fast that you can actually get the return out of that. And for that, you need fluidity, you need agility, you need speed, and that's what the whole ecosystem and partnerships and cloud is all about. Thank you very much. A great topic, and let me move on to something from Jim's list. Jim? Your focus is HR. I want to honor you by bringing up an HR topic. Let's interject this. You say, because of cloud technology, HR has been thrust into the role of being a technology buyer, and HR struggles with this new responsibility. So let's talk about reinventing HR with tech and cloud. Jim, why don't you introduce this to us? Yeah, I'd be happy to, Bonnie. Thank you. Um, Well, line of business, whether it be HR, finance, um, supply chain, they've really been thrust into this new role of being responsible for uh, finding the right technology to help them enable their business. And traditionally, of course, uh, technology was relegated to primarily the CIO and, and, and the tech and the IT group. Um, and, and things have changed dramatically because technology has evolved to the point now where we're not talking about bits and bytes and servers and, and data as much as we're talking about um, addressing what their what the line of business business needs are, and who knows that better than HR? 
um, in, 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 of course, the, uh, the HR context or finance in that context, for example. So what's really important is that um, they not only understand their business, but they also understand technology. And unfortunately, HR has been kind of cast as a non-tech-friendly uh, function. And it's trying to change that, but it's a struggle. Um, typically, it's, you know, uh, some people would refer to it as the warm and fuzzy department, but, but it goes well beyond that. It's, it's enabling a, a number of key processes throughout the organization from recruiting top talent to retaining top talent to uh, compliance and interest, you know, all the different things you need in the infrastructure to support all of the HR operations. And, and what is your biggest expense in a business? It's your employees. Right? It's about 60% most companies of their operating expense. So if you've got that kind of a, a critical component to your business, um, HR has to embrace the role of being a technology buyer, partner with IT, and learn how to um, uh, you know, leverage what technology brings as opposed to uh, be afraid of it. And, and we're seeing that shift gradually over the last decade. Uh, I think that needs to accelerate, though, quite honestly, because HR is still, still challenged with it at times. And, and I think that's where we go back to ecosystem, right? The ecosystem of partners and experts and companies like, like us that focus on, on this line of business, HR, can bring that added value and that perspective to bridge HR and technology. And, uh, and that's actually why I founded the company uh, almost 11 years ago is to be that bridge and, and help, them, uh, help them as a function uh, be more strategic within the organization. Thank you very much, Jim. Very in- insightful about HR. We have a separate series, by the way, called Changing the Game with HR. You might find very interesting. And we talk about just this thing, the, the role of the CHRO, uh, who they need to be, how they need to earn that seat and take that seat in the C-suite and be part of what's happening in the world. It certainly isn't your, your daddy or your mommy's or your grandpa's HR anymore. Thank you very much, Scott. We'd love to have your comments on what Jim introduced for us, Scott Harrison. Thoughts? Yeah, so I, I really think that, you know, everybody is looking to cloud solutions now uh, more than ever, and especially around what Jim said, uh, it, it is a struggle for some of the HR executives because it's bringing technology into their decision-making process, and it's not just technology for the sake of technology, it's changing business processes, especially around HR, because when you're talking about cloud solutions in HR, you're affecting the customer's people, those employees. Just as an example, if you're doing cloud solutions and payroll, right, that's somebody's paycheck or benefits that you're talking about. And what's an interesting point is that the trend now is cloud and H- uh, cloud and everything, cloud and HR, cloud and supply chain, whatever it is, everybody's moving to the cloud. An interesting fact is I don't think people give enough credit to the fact that, you know, this has been around for a very long time, and it probably started in HR in the early days. You know, and you all know the names, but there are some very large payroll providers out there that have provided cloud solutions and process people's checks in the cloud. However, we continually talk about cloud is coming, cloud is here to stay. And I think from an HR perspective, um, they do need to earn a seat at the table. The THRO does, that's for sure. But they do need to embrace cloud technologies from partners that know how to deliver it. And the delivery model is also changing from the partner in terms of how they provide cloud solutions versus traditional on-premise type uh, solutions and software. Thank you, Scott. Very telling. Sana Salam, love to get your thoughts on HR in the cloud and reinventing. What do you see? I think that the biggest role uh, in this 
entire uh, cycle would be IT to reinvent themselves. And I think very important point to note here is that with the cloud, there is some tension that we've seen within the IT teams. They've seen that they won't be needed um, uh, in the same capacity anymore. They actually need to wear a new hat now. They are now responsible for business innovation. They need to be the business rock star. And what I mean by that is that they're not, no longer going to be uh, measured on, you know, their typical KPIs such as architecture or lower TCO. It's actually going to change. It's actually going to be what business value they can provide, what revenue they can impact, and it creates a strategic position for them. So I think with the role of cloud and the HR world or any other line of business world that you see, I think the biggest impact um, that uh, in terms of the three invention that's going to happen is really on the IT team that they need to now become the business rock star and, and be really used in a different capacity and a different role to drive this from the front. Well, that was a very interesting statement, Jim. This was your topic. What do you think, business rock star? Is that what you, what's in your purview for HR? Well, well, if they're not a rock star in HR, they're not going to be in HR in that organization for long because uh, you, you have to be that innovator like we were talking about earlier. I agree with what Tom is saying. I think um, what, what cloud technology is doing to the market is it's empowering line of business and it's forcing IT to reinvent itself and say, what is my role? And HR's initial reaction to this in the early days of cloud, because it has been around for quite a while now, longer than a decade, is, hey, I don't need IT anymore, right? I can go make this decision myself and implement mm-hmm. this, and I don't have to worry about bugging them because they don't get their attention anyways because they're so focused on revenue-generating um, projects. But, but that's changing. The C-suite seeing the value of, of, of an integrated cloud technology uh, suite for its organization and beyond for the whole enterprises where the market's going. And IT is having to rethink and reimagine itself as being that business value add that San is um, uh, speaking about. And, and then what HR is doing and all these lines of business are doing is starting to learn how to work with a new IT, and IT is starting to learn how to work with a new line of business role. And that's because H uh, technology in general with cloud and, and software as a service and now platform as a service, et cetera, is forcing that change, right? Technology usually challenges us to grow and innovate, and, but that makes us uncomfortable until we start to embrace and get comfortable. And just when that happens, a new technological innovation will come and that will force us to do it all over again. So it's really learning how to adapt and be more agile more quickly um, because it's only going to get faster. Thank you very much. A fascinating sidebar to our conversation. Scott Harrison, you have something very provocative here in your notes, and we have enough time to cover it. I love what you say here. You say, playing with the 1,000-pound gorilla, small and medium-sized businesses need to be razor competitive with a focused value proposition to win against the large companies. And, Scott, I'll tell you that we also have a series. We have 14 current Game Changers radio series. We have a series called... Uh, Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers, and it's focused on SMEs, and Lorraine Maurice at SAP manages that calendar. She sponsors the series, so maybe we'll put you in touch with her because this topic would be perfect for her. So, Scott, talk to me. Who is the 1,000, 10,000-pound gorilla? I'm going to give the gorilla a little more <laughs> heft here. Who do you see? Yeah, well, so, so especially with what we talked about before about you know, companies moving into the cloud, um, this opens up opportunities for startup companies, small and medium-sized businesses to compete with those household traditional 
system integrators, you know, of the past. And, you know, they're excited to do it. These small companies come up with a great idea and invention, and then they take it to market to sell against some of the folks who have money, resources, time, you know, and an incredible ship behind them. But what happens is that these small companies don't have a clear value proposition. As I said, a razor mm-hmm. succinct value differentiator that enables them to say who they are, what the value is to the customer, and how they will help the customer solve a business problem. You know, too often people will make the mistakes of saying, especially if you're a small business trying to grow, you, you, you'll take any business. You'll go into any industry and you want to try to just get that revenue. But the mistake is you're not clear. And if I could put a spin on it, you're a little cloudy in your value proposition. Small mm-hmm. companies need to get razor focused on who they are, what they're going to deliver, and they need to work very hard at communicating that, you know, in that traditional elevator pitch so that customers understand, okay, here is who this company is and how they differentiate themselves from that household name that has provided business, you know, for years and years. I think it's a great opportunity that small and medium-sized businesses have with the cloud. They need to capitalize on it and make sure that they're addressing it appropriately. Thank you very much. Interesting conversation. I had no idea where this was going to go. We've certainly gone into a lot of different avenues here. Just a few minutes before we go into our crystal ball predictions around Sana, I'd love to have you talk about this Razor competitive. I love that as much as IT becoming a business rock star. Great, great picture words here. Sana, any thoughts on what Scott just shared with us? Yes, I absolutely agree with Scott. I think what happens is that um, if you if you look at a company's life cycle and they're born, they're very fluid, and then they become focused because that's when they are able to clearly identify who they are and what they're supposed to do in this world. And then when they really grow really large, they become frozen. So as long as you are not frozen for a long period periods of time and you are going from a fluidity state to a state where you are focused, you are going to be agile. And I think this cloud and um, this startup phase allows you to do that. And this is the reason they're able to compete with these bigger organizations because they are kind of in a frozen stage where they are more focused on their internal parameters and not so much what's happening in the outside markets. And I think with startups and in the cloud, it allows um, they, it cloud allows them to compete with those bigger frozen companies um, being, by being fluid and by being focused. Thank you very much, and let's turn to Jim Newman. Jim, thoughts about what Scott shared with us? Well, I think cloud technology is evening out the playing field. It's giving smaller companies, uh, mid-sized companies and small enterprise, the opportunity to leverage technology where it was cost prohibitive in the past. Uh, I think I also agree with Son, and the larger companies are often frozen. They're big ships. They have um, big rudders, but they turn awful slow. And, it's, and they have to learn how to be entrepreneurial to le- leverage cloud technology. So it's kind of like the inverse. You've got the small enterprises who can start to act like bigger companies and, and go to market uh, more effectively. And you have the big guys trying to act smaller, right, and being more entrepreneurial. So cloud technology is enabling both. And what's interesting is the convergence and, 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 and what companies can do to, uh, to, to be disruptors in the market now um, much more quickly in the past. And it, it enables them to scale quicker. Like scale is always one of the hardest things to grow a business, and tech, cloud technology is part, you know, starting to remove those, some of those barriers that, uh, that enterprise faced in the past. So I think, I think the, the growth and the entrepreneurialism in the, in the small 
and uh, mid mid market size of of the enterprise is is really uh, been a game changer in the last ten plus years. I think it's even going to get better, um, especially as cloud um, uh, covers all of all of the enterprise and not just these point solutions that it that it that it originated from. Thank you, all three. Guess what? It's time for the crystal ball predictions round. Let's start with 60. Well, actually, I give you each 90 seconds if you promise to stick to it. As Sana knows, we're looking into the future. I'm keen on the year 2020, but you could pick any time, maybe five minutes after we're off the air and any time in the future after that. Sana, what will change about this topic? We've covered a lot of territory here. I found the conversation very exciting, actually. Uh, Sana, what will change if we met again? And I hope we don't have to wait till 2020 to meet again. But what would change in your purview from Sedala Solutions about partnerships and the cloud, about big companies and small companies, about HR, about IT, big, big topics? Sana, predictions, 90 seconds, go. Absolutely. So I think what I think was what happened in maybe 10 years from now is that technology will no longer be so special cloud or anything else that's out there will no longer be special. In fact, it will be so abundant that people will not be able to differentiate between their personal, professional, and any other boundary. And what they will then look for is how to balance it, because the universe is always looking for a balance. And that, that would be the time when people will turn back into, you know, connecting with their inner wisdom or finding quiet time and actually disconnecting from technology, because that just makes them online all the time. Um, and I think that's going to be a time where people will um, de- uh, develop the skills of intuition and inner wisdom and spirituality. And I think that's going to really bring a good balance uh, between technology and a human mind. Very interesting. Technology will so be so pervasive, it won't be so special. I love that. Thank you very much. I'm tweeting as you're talking, Sana. And Jim Newman, I saved 90 seconds for you. Go ahead. Predict. No, thanks, Bonnie. Well, I mean, definitely technology is ubiquitous, and, and I think it's going to be more so, more so integrated with the, with the humans, the, the human interaction. And let's talk about artificial intelligence and machine learning. Um, that's the latest buzz, right, is what are we going to do with artificial intelligence? And what people don't realize, it's already being incorporated into software in many ways, but very simplistic ways right now behind the, theme, the scenes things that, that, uh, that you don't see, it's not as tangible, um, but that's going to become more tangible and then ultimately integrated. So I think, you know, if you're looking at predictions for the next five to ten years, we're going to see massive evolution and growth in artificial intelligence, machine learning, and I think that's going to offer a whole host of new challenges um, from all the different stakeholders, whether it be on the education side as we develop, you know, our students, our young, young uh, generation into uh, the workforce. Um, higher education is going to need to adapt to it. Uh, government and social and regulatory um, uh, issues that are going to be challenged from it. And certainly business is usually at the forefront of leveraging new technology um, to create new opportunity is going to be uh, driving this pretty pretty hard. And we saw that even at the, the last, the, the Sapphire event that just happened a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. And so this type of digital transformation is really going to force all of the stakeholders to reevaluate, um, um, you know, jobs and people and, and, and interacting with machines and, and, and leveraging artificial intelligence. And that's going to force us uh, as, as uh, you know, uh, on the human equation um, to how do we interact with that? How, how do we, how do we, what's our new role? Just like we were talking earlier about IT and HR and the new roles they play with being technology buyers. How do we now, um, what's our, what's our role in society? What's our role from a job business perspective 
with all of this new technology entering. It's going to be a very interesting time, and I can't predict what it's going to look like five, ten years from now, but I can tell you it's going to be a lot of fun, and it's going to be a lot of new challenges we're going to have to face. Thank you very much, Jim. And I saved, ooh, I saved just barely 90 seconds for Mr. Scott Harrison. Scott, go. 190 seconds. What's going to change in the crystal ball is that enterprises are going to change the way that they um, consume software and they purchase it. Uh, Today, we as individuals can purchase software on an app store. We can download it. We can try it. Some of it's free. Some you pay for. The lines between the enterprise and the personal consumption is blurring. You're going to see enterprises begin to purchase more and more on stores. They're going to have the ability to discover technology, try it, and buy enterprise-level applications, roll those out to their um, employees, and be able to manage software in a much more um, digestible way and more efficiently and get access to new technologies. What that does, tying it back to the ecosystem, is it allows small to medium-sized businesses to get access into markets that they've never played for be, in for before because they have the ability to leverage enterprise stores to market their software. Thank you very much. I like that. Yes, bringing the human side into work so that we know what we're doing both inside work and outside work. That was one of our interview topics at Sapphire. Sana Salam, thank you so much. Jim Newman, thank you so much. Scott Harrison, thank you so much. My goodness, two shows in three hours. This is a banner. It's our usual Tuesday, but it's always interesting. Hope everybody had a great weekend, and we'll be back tomorrow with a recap of we'll have roll-ins from six of my interviews at SAP Sapphire now. Now on the theme of what's making today's C-suite excited to go to work every day. Last week, we rolled in six interview clips from what's keeping them awake. So tomorrow, be excited. So 11 a.m. Eastern, Coffee Break with Game Changers right here on the Business Channel. So I want to say to my panelists, thank you very much. To my engineer, Kevin, thank you very much for getting us on the air and keeping us on the air. And here's my very fast call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Sana, just like Jim, just like Scott. Talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Alicia Rudolph, for tweeting. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Partnerships, Changing the Game for Digital Transformation, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again on Tuesdays on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.